And we're going to jump right into this. And we're looking at being good stewards or managing what God has blessed us with. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. It says this, Paul says this, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ. Notice this as stewards, we could say, or managers of the mysteries of God. He says, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself. He says, I, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. He says, but I'm not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll jump right in. Lord, I pray you bless your word this morning. We do thank you for this time that we set aside to remember you and all that you've done for us. Lord, uh, your sacrifice and Lord, the forgiveness of sin through what you did for us on the cross and the promise of eternal life and the promise that you are coming again. Lord, you are coming again and Lord, we realize that the scripture here, Paul says that, that you have blessed us and you have graced us and you have given us many, many wonderful things, but these are things that you have loaned to us and that we will give an account and that we are to be good stewards of the things that you have blessed us with. And so, Lord, I pray that as we continue our, our study here in your word on this very, very important, important subject of stewardship, of managing our lives, Lord, so that they would be pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you would give wisdom and discernment. And Lord, I pray that we would not squander or waste Lord, the things that you have blessed us with, the many wonderful graces and gifts that you have given us, may we not squander them, may we not waste them. And so, Lord, bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me remind you of just a few things. As we look at stewardship, it's the idea of, of managing our lives well, is that, that God has entrusted us with many things. Paul says that we are all servants of Christ, but not only servants, we're called to be stewards. That word steward or stewardship is literally to manage. It means this is the first most important truth that we've been studying is this, is that it is not ours in the first place. It's not mine, it's his. It's not my life, it's not my body. Uh, it's not my money, you know, fill in the blank. It's not mine, it's his. And so the first the most foundational truth that we have to, to really just delve into is this, is that it is not mine, it's, it's God's, that God owns everything. And so when we come to this reality that it's just been something that God has entrusted to me or entrusted to you, that it's not yours and that someday the Lord is coming back and you're going to give an account for that. What did you do with what he entrusted to you? The other important principle we said in truth was this, is to remember that things, that we should not make things or stuff preeminent, that God's will uh, should be preeminent, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ should be first and foremost in our lives. And then the third principle, and this is where we're really kind of getting deeper into it, is this, is to remember the importance of the proper use, God, of the things that God has entrusted to us. 
The reason why is because, as Paul said here in this passage, that there will be a day where we will give an account. There will be an accounting. We don't have time this morning. Maybe next week we'll look at this amazing parable that Jesus gave. But in Matthew 25, he gives a parable of the talents. And that's kind of leading to where we're going to be here in just a minute. But he gives a parable of the talents. And a talent was a measure of, of money, bags of money. And he gave out and he distributed different talents. And Jesus gives this story about a, a, a very wealthy man. And he had some servants and he had people that he entrusted bags of money to, talents, which kind of fits into what we're going to look at here in a moment. And it says that he left and he went on a long journey. He was gone for quite some time. And when he came back, it says that he was wanting to have an accounting of what they did with what he entrusted to them. And the one took his five and he made 10. Another one, you know, he, he had... Uh, a handful he made more and then there was one who the bible says he went and he hid it and he buried it the bible says that in this parable that jesus gives the story that the the owner the master the lord was angry and he said why did you just go and hide this talent why did you waste this talent why didn't you do something with it you know we are all entrusted with many wonderful blessings from God, gifts from God. We talked a little bit about time, that the greatest gift that God has given us is time, amen? And yet many a times we squander the time that God has given us. Time is precious, time is, is, is valuable. And yet many a times we're wasting this, this most precious thing that God has given to us. And I would encourage you, church, I'd encourage you, as God's people, do not waste time. My dad called them TWs, time wasters. He would say that all the time. He goes, there's another TW. And, he, and I, as kids growing up, my dad had all these little slogans and sayings and all these little wise things that he would say. And a lot of times I would just get wore out with it. Or my dad would say things, you know, and I would think, oh, I just hate it when he says that. And now that I'm a parent, I say the same thing. And I'm like, oh, no, I sound just like my father. But people do, they get wrapped up in things that are such a waste of time, time wasters, guard against the time wasters that come into your life, not people, some of them can be, come on now, you know, but sometimes we allow things to, to distract us from what's important and what's, what's, what's precious and what's precious is time. We need to be good stewards of our time and not wasting time just squandering it away because time moves so quickly. Time is short. We talked last week about our temples, how our bodies are the temple and they're to be sacred and that we should be stewarding our bodies. And I believe that means stewarding our health and that we should do all that we can and understand this. I'm not saying that we can cause ourselves to live longer, but I do believe you can live a healthier and more fulfilled life the more that we value our temples. Does that make sense? Don't use and abuse your temple. Don't, don't, don't do that. Take care of it and do all that you can to keep it holy and to keep it sacred. I want to spend a few moments. Maybe we won't even have time because I'm getting hungry and I smell food downstairs and I don't want to waste time, you know, in order to use it wisely and get to the food. 
But I want to talk for a few moments, and there's so much in Scripture on using our talents. Our talents. You'd say, well, what do you mean by talents? I mean, th- this is going to be kind of broad, but our talents are gifts, abilities. Abilities we would some refer to as a talent. It's interesting, the Bible uses the, the term talent, even though it's monetary. He uses that, that term talent in the parable. And then it's even one step farther, and that is this, and this is where it can get really in-depth, and we could spend a lot of time, not, do not have time this morning, but spiritual gifts. That as you're a believer, that the Bible will see in a moment that there are, you have, it, God will gift you or grace you with some type of gift or spiritual gift that is beyond you, that is supernatural, that God puts into your life. Some type of spiritual gift might be to encourage, and we'll, we'll see that in a moment. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe it's that of teaching. But there are different types of spiritual gifts. And, and let me just say this. You have to come to the adult Sunday school at 930 if you want to get to the really deep, nitty-gritty. Because, man, it's been really good. And I'd encourage you to come out to that at 930. But the one that what I'm going to be looking at is just going to be more broad. And this is like a 30,000. We're at 30,000 feet. We're doing a flyover. Okay, does that make sense? We're at 30,000 feet. Here's the flyover version of it. Just to begin to kind of get you thinking about the fact that God has gifted you or God has entrusted abilities and talents in you. And that you should be using them according to the word of God to be a blessing to other people and for God's glory. And so there are gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us. Notice 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. I want to just look at just at least a couple passages this morning, speak on it just for a few moments. But he says this, Peter says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. But notice he speaks further. He says, offer hospitality, to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use, notice this, he said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to do what? To what? Serve others. He says, as faithful what? Stewards, or we say managers of God's grace. Notice this in various forms. You see, some, each and every one of us have different types of gifts and abilities. And he says, and if anyone speaks, here he gives some examples. And I don't believe this is an exhaustive list. He just gives some examples. He said, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, that's another example. Maybe they they just have this ability to serve. They should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. He says, for to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So why do we have Talents, gifts, abilities, spiritual gifts. According to the word of God, it's to be used to serve others. But also, it goes beyond that so that who is glorified, that who gets exalted. That the Lord Jesus Christ, that God gets to glory. So whatever gift you have, whatever talent you have, whatever ability you have, may I say to you, God gave it to you for a reason and for a purpose. And you should be using it to glorify God, not to exalt yourself. Uh, not to make yourself uh, look to be something spectacular, but no, to make him look spectacular. Amen? 
But also, we see here the way that we use these gifts, talents, abilities, and even deeper than that, spiritual gifts, is to be used to serve other people. I want to thank those of you that use your ability, and I believe it's an ability, it's a talent, it's a gift, to, to, to serve and to be hospitable. Because last week we had uh, a home duel, and we fed over, it was probably 110, maybe 120 hungry wrestlers. And you want to know something? I asked, would you be willing to sign up? People signed up and they brought crock pots and they brought soup. They bought macaroni and cheese. And I loved the wrestler said, who provided? They were all asking, who provided this meal? This was the best one. I'm like, yes. They were. They, and then they talked about how awesome. They said, who were all those? Where did all those nice people come from? The ones that were, they were all so nice. And I said, they're from my church. And I said, they're great actors too, by the way. <laughs> but you say, can God use that? Can God use even a gift or an ability or talent to, to, to make food and to prepare food? Absolutely. You definitely don't want me to try to use that gift or talent and bring that in there. No way. We use these gifts, talents, abilities, and it says they're in various forms. You see, your gift or your talents or your abilities, and even as we will maybe get time, the days come, spiritual gift is unique. And that God created each and every one of us unique. And that each one of us is different and, and, and special. And it's to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan and to do his kingdom work here on earth. And so each one of us has different gifts and your gift doesn't have to be my gift and my gift doesn't have to be your gift or your talent doesn't have to be someone else's talent. Does this make sense? Notice what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses four through eight, he says this. He says, for just as each of us have one body, notice with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, each member belongs to all the others. Notice what he says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. He's saying, use it. He says, if it is serving, then serve. Notice again, he says, use it. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, to build people up and to be an encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Do you notice, again, this is not an exhaustive list. He's just giving some examples, even within the body, within the church, that these are gifts, these are abilities and spiritual gifts and talents that God gives throughout the body. And he says, if you have this gift, then use it. If it's an ability to teach. And by the way, when we talk about various forms, I love Pastor Richard when he was teaching, he was saying this, is that you may have a gift to teach, but then in various forms, it may be this, is that maybe you have a gift to teach, but maybe you do a better job teaching children than you do adults. I know we have some here who would say, I would never, ever get up and teach adult, adults or get up and teach an adult class, but give me the five and six-year-olds and I would love to do that. 
And then there's most of the church that would say, five and six-year-olds, oh, heck no, I could never do that. There's some who would say, well, I, I would, you know, I, I would teach adults, but I want nothing to do with teenagers. Teenagers are scary and intimidating. And all God's people said, yes, they are. They are scary and intimidating, you know? And so, but then you have another person who says, oh, I love working with teenagers. Then you have people who actually say this, I love babies and toddlers and I want to work with the babies and toddlers and there's so many of you would say oh absolutely not I could never do that and just because you have a gift in teaching you have to understand it maybe comes in various forms maybe you do better in one-on-one and you you do a great job of mentoring do you understand that mentoring can be a spiritual gift and in, in, in essence to mentor someone Paul mentored Timothy and he pulled him alongside he, he mentored him and he modeled. And, you know, we, we need men to model young men. And we need women to model uh, what it is and to mentor young women. Does this make sense? And so just because maybe you have ability to teach doesn't necessarily mean that it means you have to get up in front of the church and teach. But maybe God has a place for you working with the children or working in some area of the body. Does this make sense? It comes in many various forms. One thing I'd like to say before I run out of time, and here's the key, one of the key things that I've learned about this idea of gifts and abilities and spiritual gifts and talents is this. You ready? It's real deep. Hang on. Exercise the gift you have, not the gift you wish you had. Do you know that's probably one of the greatest problems for a lot of believers, a lot of followers of Christ, is many of the times they're not actually exercising or using the gifts that they actually have, but they're pursuing other gifts that maybe someone else has that they wish they had. For example, I would love, I would love to get up here and get on a guitar and just... You want to know what I wish I could do? Here's my wish. I wish that I could get up here and just sing like some of these guys, these guys and ladies. I mean, I would love to. And when I blast music and I play it and I sing it, my family says, Dad, stop. Because it's bad. It's really bad. Would I love and do what I wish and do I desire to be able to get up and lead worship? Oh, I would. I do. I'm, I'm just being straight up, but that is not my gift. Years ago when we were doing inner city work, we were doing some inner city work in North Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And boy, it didn't have a lot of brotherly love. And there was a few families, um, all of us were serving and working in this inner city church and we're getting ready for Easter and uh, we were talking about like well one you know who is going to do what at different aspects and we we're like we really struggle in the area of worship and one of the other guys who was him and his wife they said well we'll do worship Easter Sunday and we all said you do worship we didn't know you oh he goes yes we do worship never forget I'm not going to say his last name but his name was Ed Ed and his wife and and I'm like, I, I, I was just like, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see it. I don't believe it. 
I don't see it. I don't believe it. And my wife's very skeptical. I'm very, I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. And, and he said, no, I got it. We got it. We'll get a couple specials together. He said, I'll bring my guitar. I'm like, you have a guitar? He's like, yeah. He said, I'll get it out and we'll, we'll get ready. And my wife and I were very, you're going to find about what, I'm going to tell you what my other spiritual gift is, okay, here in just a moment. And the pastor's like, all right, let's go. And I, I remember his name was Pastor Bird. I'm like, Pastor Bird, I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, I'm, I don't think, I said, you better be careful. Easter Sunday comes, packed house, I mean full packed house Easter Sunday. He carries in his guitar, and I remember the pastor's son, I liked him. He was very sarcastic like myself. He looks at the guitar, and I don't know much about guitars, but I think it was like a five-string guitar, but there were only three that were actually not broken. And the three that were on it were rusted. There was like rust on them, and I was like, "Mm -mm -mm, this is not going to be good. And so him and his wife get up there, and he gets up there with, is is there a five-string guitar, is that right? Is there a six string? It may have even been six. All I know is half of them were missing. And the three that were there were rusted. And I already knew that this is not going to be pretty. And they got up in front of the church. And it was this. And when they sang, I literally. Most of the people, there was kids in the church that were covering their ears. And I so badly wanted to. And they butchered it. It was awful. I felt so bad for them, but they had no clue because they were so delusional. And, uh, and I know you're going to say, well, the Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. If you're going to make a joyful noise in the Lord, go in your bedroom and do that, okay? I make a joyful noise in the shower, okay, when I sing to the Lord. But don't, don't, don't make us all suffer through it. And it was awful. And of course, we tried to be kind. It was terrible. And it was awful. I mean, literally awful. The pastor's son said, by the time they're done with worship, the dude's going to die of lockjaw because of the rust. You know, and it was just bad. It was awful. Can I tell you something? That was not their spiritual gift. That was not their gifting, but it was something that they wanted to be gifted in. And they got up there and they, it was a train wreck. One of the things that I realized that day was God gives me, a, gives me a gift of discernment. I tried to warn the pastor and he wouldn't listen. But your spiritual gift may be different than someone else's spiritual gift. And maybe because someone else has a gift that maybe you, oh, I wish I had that gift. You know, sometimes I remember it was in experiencing God, but also I personally experienced this where someone wants to be a blessing and maybe they feel like, oh, I have the gift of trying to go and encourage someone. And, and I've actually seen this and it's actually really sad. But um, sometimes people say, well, I'm going to go visit someone in the hospital or visit someone that's sick. And I'll never forget. And this I remember reading it and experiencing God, but I've actually personally experienced this where I'm going in to visit someone in the hospital who's found out, you know, that they've had, you know, potentially a terminal. And, you know, you're coming in to speak with them and talk with them. And there's, there's one of the other church members. And they're literally sitting there saying, you know, well, I'll be praying for you, but you know, I know, I knew so-and-so that they had this and they passed and I knew this person and they passed. And you're walking in there and you can just see the person there. 
just devastated. I've literally heard people say this right after a young couple experienced a miscarriage. Someone trying to use the gift of encouragement and saying, oh, don't, don't worry about it. God will give you another one. They're going to experience a spiritual gift that they do not have. Are you guys, am I tracking? Is this, are you tracking with me? And sometimes what we have is this, even within the body, even as believers, sometimes what's happening is we have square pegs that we're trying to fit into to round holes. And it just doesn't work. And so if God gives us talents, gifts, and abilities, use the ones that God has given us. Exercise the gift that God has given you, not the ones that you wish you had. We have just a few moments, one more passage, 1 Corinthians 12. This is a little bit longer, but I want you to see just kind of this whole idea of the whole body and the illustration that Paul uses and he speaks about the church. And again, we, again we're at 30,000 feet doing a flyover, but notice, just listen to this reading and we're, we'll finish here in just a moment. He says this, now there are a variety of gifts. Do you see this? A variety of gifts, but what? The same what? Spirit. Well, I can just go off on this. In a minute, you know, and as you study, sometimes you have people talking about tongues and, and all of these things. And then people say, well, you have the gift of tongues. Well, if you don't have the gift of tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Not trying to be mean, but I can be pretty blatant, pretty straightforward on this. And I can use the scripture to back this up. Too many times people have a gift and they think everyone else has to have that gift. And if they don't have that gift, then they're not spiritual. Can I tell you something? That's contrary to what the Bible just said right there. That there are very, very, and by the way, it's the same spirit though. He says there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empower them all and every one. To each is given, notice this, the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For the one is given, notice this, for one is given through, through spirit, the utterance of wisdom. So some might have a gift or a spiritual gift of wisdom. To another Notice this, the utterance of the knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith. There are just some people that God gives them just an amazing faith, a supernatural faith going through the most difficult times. He says that that's, that's a gift of the spirit. To another, gifts of healing by, by, by one spirit. It's the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Does not mean it's God's will for every single believer to have every single one or all. He says, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. By the way, there's that unity that we're talking about. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because 
I'm not an I, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, he says, are indispensable. They're still necessary. You need them. And on the, he says, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Isn't that interesting? He says, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so com composed the body, giving greater honor to the part uh, that, that lacked it. That there may be no division in a body, but that the members may have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. Have you ever stubbed your toe and your whole body just reacts to your toe being stubbed? You're, oh, the whole body suffers with it. He says, he says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, he says, and prophets and then teachers. He says, in miracles and gifts of healing and helping and administration, administrating in the various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, answer the question, are all apostles, the answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Listen to this. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Don't have time to go into it, but you know what the more excellent way is? You know what I believe the, the greatest of all the spiritual gifts is? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because he continues and he says this, is that we should have love one toward another, a supernatural love, the love that Christ had for us. Amen? And he says, if you, if you want to desire any of the spiritual gifts, the more excellent way in everything about gifts should be revolving around love one toward another. And so he goes into 1 Corinthians 13 and he speaks an entire chapter on the importance of loving one another and caring for one another and what love looks like. And so understand this, not all have the same gifts, talents, abilities. And so as I finish this morning, my challenge is this, is what gifts, what talents, what, what areas has God given you and abilities has God given you that you could use to be a blessing to other people? Yes, within the body, but can I say this? It goes beyond just the body, the local church, but what abilities, talents, gifts, spiritual gifts, what, what areas has God blessed you with that you can use that blessing to be a blessing to someone else? As we saw there, Peter said, he gives you these abilities so that you can serve others. But in your serving others, what happens? We bring glory to God. We bring honor and glory to God. I thought I'd just share this with you. Last Sunday, we had baptisms. Amen? 
It was so exciting. We had baptisms last Sunday. The Sunday before we had baptisms. You may not know this, but I believe as fruit of this church, there was some baptisms that happened Wednesday night in the state of Montana. I do believe that God has given me somewhat, may not be the greatest, but somewhat of a gift of coaching. I enjoy coaching, mentoring, those type of things. So I, I coach wrestling. I've coached football and baseball and sports because I believe it's just a great way to, to build into people. I think sports, there's just, it's a great ministry. There's people here today that are here from sports ministry. There's a young man that I met first week or two, moved to Cedar and uh, <clears throat> go into the weight room. And he got to know a handful of the wrestlers and one of them I really connected with. And he said, I just moved here. I've only been here just a short time. I said, oh, I just moved here too. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a wrestler and I want to wrestle. And, and so he says, I'm new here. I don't even hardly know anyone. And anyway, we just connected. So we'd lift and we'd work out. And then we'd do open mats. We'd do some practices together. Then he found out I'm a pastor. But he found out that pastors can still be cool, you know. It can happen once in a while. If you're real and you just be yourself and don't try to be something that you're not. And so... He said, man, he goes, I've never, never would have dreamed that you're a pastor, you know. Um, and he says, you know, I've, he said, I've never been, I've never, because I've only been to church like once or twice in my entire life. He says, I've never even been introduced to it. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know anything about it. And I said, well, if you ever have questions. So we would talk. And then he connected with my son. And my son was helping coach last year. And so he connected with my son. And eventually he had a bad week, bad whatever, we talked. I'd send him some Bible verses. I said, I'm praying for you. I prayed with him. And then I invited him to church. I said, hey, you know, why don't you come? Check it out. And so he came numerous times. And everyone here, you were friendly and you were kind and welcomed him. And then a couple times his mother came with him. And uh, then I found out that they were moving away. And by the way, he was one of my best wrestlers I had. And I was like, oh, Lord. But I was more upset because I was like, man, I so wanted, so wanted to keep trying to, to build into him and allow him to have the opportunity to come to know Christ. Wednesday night, I get a call from him. He said, coach, because I thought I'd share with you some things are going on. And I thought immediately he was wrestling. And I said, well, what? What's going on? He says, you know what happened? He goes, I, want you, I wanted you to be the first to know. My mom, my brother... And my sister and myself, we all just got baptized tonight at church. And I said, are you, are? later I look and his mom posted it all over Facebook. Look what we did tonight. And of course, lots of encouraging people. And so I rejoice in the fact that his family came to know Christ or in church and baptized. But you know what? It started in a weight room having a little conversation with someone who said, I've never been introduced to church. I've never even hardly been to church. I don't even know what, what it's about. And just introducing a young man through the ability to just hopefully kind of sort of coach, but at least be willing to try. 
And I believe that Red Hills, that you guys, that, that we are a part of what God did up there in Montana because we're all a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And so maybe we plant, maybe someone else waters, but it's God who grants the increase. Amen. I would encourage you, what gift, what talent, what ability, maybe it's to sing, maybe it's to serve, maybe you love, somehow for some reason God put in your heart, you love working with little children. Maybe it's to come to vacation Bible school meeting next week and see how you can take a few days, a few hours and invest in someone else. But can I say this? Let's not waste and squander the talents and the abilities that God has given us and all God's people said. Amen. Would you stand with me and have a word of prayer?